0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Marca Mesut Özil. Bellerín,
1: otro defensor, otro disparo, Monreal, gol Marca el futbolista español, marca Nacho Monreal Pim, pam, pum This is Arsecast Extra
0: Hello and welcome to another Arsecast... What the fuck? Okay, hang on Hello and welcome to... uh, Fuck... What's the intro? What is it? I've forgotten what it is
1: Hello, Hello everyone Arsenal. That's what we do, isn't it? Is it? I've forgotten. Yeah. I have forgotten. This is this what? is completely. I'm just going
0: to let this run. This is completely indicative of what's going on right now. This it's, is pure interlude. Oh, this is in the interlude in its most condensed, potent form. I. Mm. I it feels like ninety percent of the people uh, with whom. I don't know if I interact or not, but I see on the... Inter- they're gone. They're all gone. It's like that It's like that uh, TV show. Do you remember that? Did you watch that show, The Leftovers?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. That yeah, was yeah. fucking such a good show. Like, but about whatever it was, 50% of the people in the world just disappeared like that. They're just gone.
1: Yeah. And uh, that's what it feels like right now. In they are all gone. They've all gone. They're, yeah, it does feel like that. I mean, it, I, I have to say... I never like an international break. But an international break in a pandemic just feels so absurd, doesn't it? It does. It's sort of
0: ignoring the elephant in the room, even though the elephant is pretty much sitting on your head doing <laughs> elephant farts into <laughs> your mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that. It does feel like yeah. that. I, I, it's it completely bewildering and, like... When stories break of X player has got injured or Y player's got COVID, you're just like, well, well, yeah, obviously. What did you think would happen? I know. We're not all popping off on holiday, are we? It's a nightmare.
0: (laughs) It really is a bit mental. Um, Yeah. So far, I think we've avoided, from an Arsenal perspective, we've avoided touch wood, touching wood, touching... All kinds of things here to uh, to make sure that stays the case, but so far we appear to have avoided any any hassles.
1: Yes, just Kieran Tierney's hangover, I suspect, after oh, Scotland's yeah. qualification for the Euro that feels but, uh,
0: like it happened about 3 months ago though <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: i know it does seem like a very very long time ago and it also seems it's weird because it's like they've qualified for euro 2020 which is going to be in the summer of 21 hypothetically but may or may not happen it's all very you know up in the air at this point
0: it is i think i mean we got a glimpse behind the curtain didn't we of of this you know the, the thing they talk about why uh, are footballers allowed to travel why are they mm. permitted to you know do things that normal people uh, regular people um i suppose aren't allowed or, or advised yeah. against doing it's because they exist in this elite sports bubble every precaution is being taken every eventuality is being considered you know social distancing this that and the other i mean what was the fucking bubble at mo salah's brother's wedding What was that? That wasn't very elite sports bubbly to me. No. he looked like he was having a great time, but...
1: Let me tell you, I didn't recognise all those other faces as elite sports people at that (laughs) wedding. It wasn't like an exclusive guest list made up of only the world's top footballers. No. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it is uh, surreal. Surreal at the best of times. I mean, and also the elite sports bubble, of course, th- there was the thing at the start of the Interlal where that didn't apply to Denmark or something weird. and Because of minks? Yeah, the minks, the minks of, I don't know, they're in league with the magpies and they've like evolved the virus somehow. Ugh. I don't know. What the Scary fuck? world. What the fuck kind of world are we living in at all? I don't know, but we're getting near the end of this year. I'm sort of at the point where I'm like, I'm doing that thing where I've sort of arbitrarily decided that for some reason, because the date will have a different number in it in 2021, all our luck's going to change.
0: Do you think, I mean, yeah, 2020 is not going to be one that people look back on with a great deal for of the fondness. Annals. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. An FA Cup win. We'll remember it for that and just b- try yeah. and block out almost everything else. The FA
0: Cup win 18 years ago, it feels like, anyway.
1: Um, yeah, time time has completely collapsed. Like, my sense of when things happened. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, you it's, know, like, in, it's weird because in some ways the year's gone incredibly quickly. Yeah. But in other ways, that feels like a different decade, the FA Cup.
0: Yes, was. absolutely. I feel exactly the same way that, you know, when, when you think about, you know, where we were in february march and we went into this lockdown and it felt interminable and it felt long and and now it's nearly fucking december it's like Mm. what what where did it go but it also took ages at the same time i I don't (laughs) i don't get it and and now of course because the days are shorter i mean i'm looking looking out the window here at the
1: vast expanse of It's 10.26am, so it's probably starting to get dark around now, isn't it? Something, you know, in the next couple of hours. So grey. So grey. The weekend here was just, like, full-blown grey. Like, I'm convinced on Saturday it never got light. It was just sort of dark for a day. Anyway, welcome to the podcast, everyone. (laughs) That's what we normally do. If you're wondering what we normally do, it's something like that. There you go. So, what are we What are we going to talk
0: about? We should talk about things. I mean, there must be... I don't remember what's happening to Arsenal. It, that's a lifetime away. Well, let, let's see what's happened over the weekend. Um, well, Amazon united Ireland. Did you see that? Oh, no.
1: What happened there?
0: You didn't see this? No, okay. sorry. This was great. I have to see if I can find it here. Some guy called Chris Jones, was um, asking Amazon... Uh,
1: I did see this. Sorry. Yes, it's great. Carry on. Though Amazon
0: Prime, didn't... he said... Uh, <laughs> he was asking about the rugby, you know, and he said uh, Amazon Prime said to this guy, uh, we apologise upon reviewing your location. You're in Northern Ireland. Rugby Autumn's Nations Cup coverage is exclusively available to Prime members based in the UK, which, of course... <laughs> Wow! Some of the replies in that thread
1: are just <laughs> Got spicy.
0: Oh, it's just it spicy and hilarious. Spicy and hilarious. And then I mean, there was a further tweet where um, they replied to somebody saying, "Hi there, we apologise for the troubles." And for those uh, who don't know, the the conflict in Northern Ireland was uh, known as the Troubles uh, for many years. So Amazon played an absolute blinder
1: there. Yeah, I mean, we knew they were powerful. We didn't know they had the power to unite Ireland. But, uh, yeah, genuinely quite extraordinary. Oh, what about um, Christopher Walken stealing my gimmick as well? What? If, uh, what? Uh, have I said that right? Was it him, the Irish accent guy? I've said the wrong actor, maybe.
0: Christopher Walken. Oh, yes, of course, in that, that, that trailer for Wild, yes, yes. Wild Time Mountain, Wild Mountain... Time. That
1: must have been a, f- a film that's sort of stirred you to your very core as a proud Irish man.
0: Well you know what I, I I genuinely was thinking about doing uh, a podcast series um, of the worst uh, and best Irish accents in films. Some right. of them some of them uh, down the years have been quite good um, but Irish accents on film and in television generally are fucking terrible. like it's so bad that even the Irish guy in this thing has got a bad Irish accent <laughs> <laughs> oh hello hello gosh look at you you're a lovely red haired girl and I, I like <laughs> girls
1: I, I imagine that the, one of the problems as well is that I imagine there's no sort of specificity of accent in films set in Ireland. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. some, they, they'll do an Irish accent, but it's not like a Cork accent or a Dublin accent. Do you see what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, quite, um, it's quite something. I mean, have you watched that thing, The Boys um tv uh, show the boys is by superhero type things but right. there's a guy uh he's a new zealand actor i can't remember his name now uh bollocks what's his name but he plays a character called billy the butcher um <laughs> okay yeah. um, I mean, it what, sounds
1: good is it yeah. good? uh it is
0: it's a good show actually it's quite dark carl urban and he does this sort of cockney London accent, or the butcher, or fucking get you boys, that kind of thing. It's it's yeah. sort of up there with that. But uh, there have been some amazing Irish accents on on film and in television down the years. TV show called Preacher. Have you seen Preacher? Preacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Preacher. guy from This Is England, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, Joe Gilgan. That's it. Amazing accent. Amazing, in that it encapsulates and, and captures about 14 different regions in Ireland. Something Just, for everyone. Yeah, it goes you know from I mean? Dublin to Cork to Kerry to, to Midlands to a bit of Northern Ireland in there as well. Amazing.
1: He, he wanted to create a character that the whole of Ireland could identify with, yeah. you know, a united Ireland. A
0: united Ireland, here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, that was quite something. So, yeah, Christopher Walken doing your Lucky Charms bit. That was That was exciting. <laughs>
1: put me out of a job. Mm. Um, but, yeah, what, back to Arsenal stuff. I mean, actually, quite a nice announcement this morning. I don't know if you saw that, that Arsenal have signed up to the old climate agreement. Par- Is it the Paris? It's too late. <laughs> it's too <laughs> late. The world's finished. For any
0: of that. I read your piece uh, with, uh, Matthew with Matthew Flamini. Matthew yeah. Flamini this morning, who was saying, you know, every time you eat a fish, you're eating 10 grams of plastic. And mm. I was thinking, well, f- fuck, if that's what's going on. You know, people having fish and chips on a
1: Friday night—we're all they're just actually be- seeing battered credit cards, basically. <laughs>
0: yeah, he said it was about the size of a credit card, and I was just glad you don't have to like expel them in that in that um, shape. Um, but yeah, I just feel like pff, maybe, maybe just let the world end. Maybe we're just supposed to become part plastic. Maybe newborn babies will have plastic bits in them from the start.
1: Maybe. Maybe, maybe it's they'll just, they'll be chip and pin babies. Like they'll be able to, you'll just be able to tap your baby to pay for stuff. <laughs> you know, get yeah. it out of his pram, bang yeah. on the till, Boop. off we go. Yeah, yeah, scary times. But yeah. Look, you know, no, Max no, is no. trying to do his bit.
0: He is, and um, fair enough. No, Arsenal have uh, have uh, been trying to do their bit as well, so. Um, what exactly are they going to do? I, I saw the announcement, but I didn't read the details of it. What, what are they going to do to make the club more climate
1: friendly? I don't know. Cycle to all the games? <laughs> I, no, they, they have done quite... They, there's a list of things they've done. Right. They installed a water recycling system at the training centre to reuse water that comes from the pitch, for example. Okay, um, that's good. They were the first Premier League club to trial the reusable cup scheme uh which i believe is going to continue. What else have they done? They uh, installed a
0: big fucking battery if i'm right. I remember yes, we did a right. story on Arsblog news about that. They did they just put in a big a battery somewhere. large scale
1: battery energy storage in 2018. Yeah. That can power the Emirates for an entire match. Um yeah, they've done a few sort of green partnerships. They have installed LED lighting at all club sites, and they now have a 95% single-use plastic bottle-free training centre. I don't know who's responsible for that 5% of single-use plastic bottles. Someone Meza Erzl keeps turning up with a bottle of Evian, and that's why Arteta can't pick it. Yeah,
0: yeah, someone wants Lucasade. I've got to have my Lucasaid, that's it.
1: Yeah, it's in Aubameyang's contract that he is allowed Lucasaid. Uh, I don't know but look, I mean genuinely that is a a nice thing <laughs> I'm proud of Arsenal for signing up to that that's good that's good um, uh, Yeah, it's good to be proud of things you know other than match results obviously sure of course you know um,
0: yeah I think at a time where we're we're where finding it perhaps a little bit difficult to feel the pride in certain elements of uh, some of the decisions that the club have made Mm-mm. yeah
1: I think, that, you know, you've got to look for the positives where you can. Mm. But uh, how are you feeling about the Aston Villa game?
0: I missed a great chance there to put in a recycling Gunnosaurus gag. I night.
1: know. I was trying to think of one. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I know. Did you I, see the statement from yeah. G- Gunnasaurus Jr.?
0: Yeah, I did. I, yeah. You know,
1: pfft,
0: I just, I, I failed to understand why they did what they did and in the way that they did it. I just Mm. don't know what anyone was thinking,
1: really. I I do think it was also quite strange to sort of have the fanfare of, like, Gunnasaurus's back when that was never the story, you know? The Mm. story was never the dinosaurs been put in a box somewhere. It was always about the person, you know? Mm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, listen, it's 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 one of those things that's sort of difficult to mm. swallow it's never going to be nice is it yeah. uh, but anyway so Aston Villa are you over it are you still sad about it are you still are you happy about it have you processed it so much that you're like actually it's a good thing
0: the Aston what Villa you-
1: game we played yeah.
0: seven months ago that one
1: yeah feels like I don't effort. know if you remember what happened I, I'm loathe to remind you
0: I think I can just about recall the details.
1: Yeah. Am I I haven't really given it a great
0: deal of thought um, over the last number of days, but obviously last week it was pretty high on people's agenda. Um, and I suppose that's probably why many people have just disappeared yeah. into a, like a hole of nothingness to Does escape. Does
1: anyone know if Arsenal have had a lot of shots? If can anyone let me know? Have Arsenal had shots? I've never seen so many numbers associated with a team. Um, <laughs> it's been absolutely grim reading for any, any well, pe- anyone who follows stats people. It's just like, I mean, I don't blame people staying off the social networks in uh, in a week like that.
0: Yeah, it, it is, um, I think, becoming apparent that we do have a problem with shooting
1: and making making shots yeah maybe Um, we could take more shots maybe maybe
0: yeah look uh where am i with this i i'm sort of mm, i'm sort of in the like wildly optimistic frame of mind that it was so bad that it couldn't help but spark something different right. and spark change
1: you know that way the four the, the fourth stage of grief wild <laughs> optimism <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah uh no i do know what you mean i do know what you mean i i do think i i do i definitely feel calmer about it than i did uh but that's time isn't it that's time and space for you yeah i think it i, I do you know what though and this is going to be something that will rankle with our listeners. I'm not sure it will. Uh, like when I think about what Mick Arteta is going to do at the Leeds game on Sunday, I'm not sure it's going to be sort of whole new world. People might be hoping for. That's just my hunch. Yeah, I don't know if, if you if they feel the same, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of reminded there was a... I can't remember the exact quote, but it was basically, you know, after a bad defeat. This is John Tosh, John Toshak, um, Right. Um, when he was a manager, it uh, could have been when he was at Real Madrid or something like that, but um, he said something like, after a bad performance or a bad defeat, he goes, you're going onto the training ground Monday morning and in your mind you're thinking, right, I'm going to change 10 players... Yeah, uh, I'm going to change course. all the outfield players, and then by Thursday it's five or six, and then on Friday it's two, and then by Saturday I have to pick the same fuckers again. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of, um, yeah, I'm fearful of that. I'm fearful of the same fuckers.
1: Mm, mm. You know, I, I am too to an extent. I have, but there are two things that sort of make me feel slightly more relaxed about it. One is that... Drugs. It's all the drugs I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I uh, that's, I have to point out for contractual reasons that that was obviously a hilarious joke because, <laughs> as some of you will know, I am a star of children's television, uh, no less. And I, have, I get a very important uh, chat from CBBC every year mm-hmm. about my responsibilities. Of course. So I just want to be very clear that A drugs are bad and b i'm not a paedophile just have to get that out there and be absolutely firm in that resolve anyway it's basically a talk which is like don't be a paedophile that i mean genuinely that's sort of the thrust of it and i i understand it's good and i could see why they think he might need that talk uh, they've had a look at me and thought he looks a bit weird he looks a bit dodgy let's give him a chat Anyway, that's, that's let's all get back about. to Arsenal. So, <laughs> so um, yes. I, so there are two things that make me feel slightly better about it. One is that I've forgotten what one of them is. So one of them is that if Arteta, uh, I sort of have this weird thing where I'm like, if he really, 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 really thinks the way he's doing it is the right way, then in a way. Let him do it his way, and if he fails, he fails. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what 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 I what I think was sort of disastrous to some extent about Emery was that it felt like he was constantly sort of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, and like in a way, it sort of became impossible to judge him. Well, you ended up judging him on that, but mm. you never really had a sense of like what was he even trying to do because it felt like he folded on his principles so easily, mm. whereas. Our tetra, I sort of feel like, you know, let him do it his way and then it will either succeed or fail. And at least then it's kind of on his own terms, if you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I obviously want him to succeed. Um, and to do it slightly differently than he's doing it right now. Sure. I want that. But, like, I feel like for sort of his integrity and, like, our integrity of, like, assessing his performance... I basically never want a manager to do what the fans want them to do. I want them to do what they want to do. And then if it works, great. And if it doesn't, do you get rid of them? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Like, we might be wanting Arteta to be something he's not. You know? But do you think he wants to be...
0: Um, How do I put this? <laughs>
1: Hounded out of the Emirates Stadium. No, sure. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, look... That, that's one thing. But, but I. do you think. No, I don't. I don't think he wants this. No, no, no. Or what he got I don't against either. Villa. I don't think that's what he wants. It's what he got. I don't got.
1: think he does. I, I, I 100% don't think he wants that either. And so that's why I'm sort of, again, slightly more uh, relaxed about it than I was. But I, I do think that his time scale, I, I think, might be different to ours and i know that that's always maddening as a fan because you're like yeah but we've got games to watch and win and Mm. you know but i i i I, yeah i I guess i kind of feel like we have to sort of we have to sort of play this out you know we, we, we will only really know sort of a bit further down the road I know that's not how everybody feels, but that's sort of, you know, the way I see it, is that, like, Arteta might be wrong. He might be wrong, but Mm. sort of let's find that out then, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, here's an interesting kind of a question. Yeah. Is there any room for a manager to get something fundamentally wrong without losing his job? Like... Hmm. you know if if the club have faith in Mikel arteta and they think he's the right man for the job but he gets it wrong let's say uh, when i say getting it wrong he gets the season wrong do you do you say well that's it now you got it wrong that was terrible away you go we're going to get someone else
1: or depends how much you like the manager yeah
0: or do, do, do 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 you say well you got that wrong you've got one more chance Don't fuck this one up,
1: you know. I mean, personally, I I, I think, yeah, you have to give... Well, you don't have to. I I would be inclined to let people try again. I mean, so, for example, Unai Emery fucked up, didn't he, at the end of his first season, big Mm -hmm. time. And the club made a decision that they were like, well, on balance, we're going to give you another go. And I, I think that was justifiable in the circumstances. But I know you were much more inclined to say, "Get rid of it." Mm. At that point, I suppose. I suppose what it comes down to is like what signs, what causes for encouragement do you have? Yeah,
0: and how wrong it
1: goes. I guess if it if it's yeah. slightly
0: wrong or completely and utterly wrong,
1: because um, like with, with Arteta, I, I mean, I, I sort of think you know if you hire a manager who's that inexperienced you can't really sack him when he makes a mistake you know because mm. it's like he you you knew you knew what you were hiring and 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 presumably you made a decision that was kind of like who's going to be the best manager that we could have not necessarily right now but you know a little bit down the line mm. and and i think you're developing a coach as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm writing this season off. And I think the, the counter-argument to this is, well, you've invested heavily in older players, so you need some modicum of short-term success yeah. to justify that. Yeah, that is, that is the counter-argument. I mean, what I would say is problematic, potentially, is sort of you've gone with a coach who... It's like more of a long-term prospect, but you've made some quite short-term transfer decisions. Mm. Like if you said, we think Arteta could be brilliant in like three years, then then build a squad accordingly. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's... The other side of that, of course, is that football, as everybody knows, is a results business. And you are... um, What's the old cliche? You're only as good as your last game or your last performance. Um,
1: And And
0: that is is true, yeah. That's a reality, you know? So you can say, well, we think this guy's going to be great in three years, but you've got three years of fucking whatever to get through, to get to that point where you don't
1: even know if, you know, can you be... Which isn't viable, yeah. Like, genuinely, it isn't. And that's not the climate that football operates in, and that's Mm. not how football fans feel and react. I mean, because I've always sort of thought with Arsenal... It's kind of idealistic, but I've always thought the sort of the smartest thing they could do is say, Hey, this is our five year plan. Mm. And, you know, in year two or th- in year three, we're going to qualify for the Champions League. And in year five, we're going to challenge for the title. And, and mm. they're the parameters against which you could judge us. But it's uh, not realistic. No, I'm not sure anybody at the club has sat
0: down to put that kind of a strategy in place anyway. I think mm-hmm. they made decisions in the short term because you have to. You know, when a manager is sacked, you've got to find somebody quickly. It took them a little bit of time for Mikel Arteta. Maybe Arteta is the guy who might have some kind of a a long term plan, if you like. Um, and I think where we are in this is um, we're at a point where I think we had a question a couple of weeks ago about the honeymoon period wearing off, didn't we? And yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. I think that's not
1: entirely uh, unreasonable. Um, no. A lot of people getting divorced in lockdown, apparently. Right. Maybe that's what's happening with Arsenal and Arteta, you know, a little bit of strife.
0: Yeah, maybe so. But I think where we are is this sort of midpoint, not midpoint maybe, but, you know, the the honeymoon period is over. We um, uh, would all have said when he took over, he's got a big job on his hands. He's a hell of a job to do. He's got a lot to put right, a lot of things to correct, a lot of things on the pitch and off the pitch that need to be changed. Um, the idea of, like, blowing it up and bringing in a new culture and all of those things sound fucking great, don't they? When when mm. when you're frustrated and mm. when things aren't going well. And, you know, he's he's kind of doing it. He's kind of doing it. He is blowing things up. He is changing cultures. There have been some very high-profile casualties because of that, and there's been some pushback because of that, etc., etc. But where we're struggling maybe at the moment is that we're not seeing quite enough upside enough progress or enough enough to keep us um enthused about the kind of football that we were that we're playing you know i think you could you could you could deal a little more easily with results and performances fluctuating uh and maybe being a bit hit and miss if there was a lot to enjoy about the way we played football and right now there isn't mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And that's where, again, I kind of come back to this wild optimism that it's so plain, it's so easy to see that something needs to change. That I, I feel we kind of have to do that.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, and maybe maybe he will. Maybe he will. I just have uh, something I've been thinking about is that you know I, I feel like when the starting lineup comes out for the Leeds game at the weekend, my gut feeling is that mm. people are going to be unhappy. That's my but, gut feeling.
0: Yeah, but they're, they're, do you mean the majority of people or just some people? Be, because some people are always unhappy <laughs> with the starting lineup. Whatever it is, um, when, when we post uh, you know a tweet about it or whatever, there is always a reply from somebody
1: who goes, I can't
0: believe that guy started, or I can't believe he
1: hasn't done this. You know, Old Trafford, you know, on any starts, and then he starts, we go on and win the game. No, I, I, I think what I mean is that I, I'm... Hmm. You don't think there are going to be sufficient
0: changes in terms of personnel and or system to, um, to satisfy the two weeks, which has felt like three months of angst and introspection that we have endured since the Aston Villa game. Is that what you're, is that what you're
1: saying? That's my hunch. Right. But, you know, that, it's just a hunch. I, I, I might be wrong. I mm. might be wrong. You know, I think it, something as simple as switching Aubameyang to the middle, even if, you know, Ann starts and, you know, it's a back three and all these other things, I think if he switched Aubameyang to the middle, people would be like, OK, that's something different, you know, let's mm. give that a go. Um, I just, he's so, he's such an interesting character, Arteta. You know, he's very, very stubborn and knows his own mind and that's clear already. And I, I'm just not sure, I'll mm. say, that he'll do it. I'm not sure. Do he, you think he will?
0: I think he's got to do something.
1: Yeah. He has yeah. to do something quite what it is. I mean, it's a hard game. Know. Like, you know, he's got to do something to, to get something from that game. Yeah, I mean,
0: leads are, are a good side and they're a difficult side to play they're against. They're a challenging
1: yeah. side, yeah. They, they were tough opponents for us in the Cup last mm. year, wasn't it? Only 1-0 in the end, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's... You know, and it's a run of big games coming up. It's Leeds, then it's Wolves, then it's Spurs. Mm. I mean, that Spurs game will feel, you know, big because, they're you know... they're. Where a is that? Is fall. that
0: home or, home or away?
1: It's away. Right. It's at the, the Toilet Bowl, again, mm. without fans. Mm. Arsenal fans will never attend that stadium, as far as I can tell. No, they have, actually, haven't they? They have already. Have they? Did they? Oh, no, they haven't. That they? was Wembley. That was Wembley. They haven't. Yeah. Long may it continue, to be honest. Mm. Um, I think even when fans are allowed back in stadium, we should have a sort of mass boycott of that ground. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really... I made a note on my phone, but I can't remember where it is. I've had another thought about the Leeds game. Is it in the Notes app, perhaps? It could be in the Notes app.
0: That's normally where one would take a note.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've uh, Yeah, it just says... It just says, I don't want Arteta to change if that isn't what he wants. Let him fail on his own terms. Then it says I don't think he'll play doesn't say anything after that. And then it says, Let me look at next summer. Don't know what next summer is about. Don't know what that's about. Hmm. Oh that's oh that's my oh, maybe this is about that. Have you been really seen the stories in the press about Mustafi going to Barcelona? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's I mean Stranger Things, Alex Song went there for actual money, but Mm. that would be quite extraordinary. But I do have this kind of... um, You know how, like, people who are optimists, I think, will often, like, hang their hat on sort of various future points at which they're like, well, at that point, everything will change for the better. And I think mine is next summer. Like, I I have these visions of, like... Next summer, a lot of players leave and a lot of money becomes available. And I think I've placed probably an undue amount of expectation on how liberating for the club that could be.
0: I mean, we're looking at, as it stands, um, next summer, Ozil will be gone, Mustafi will be gone, Socratis will be gone, Louise potentially could be gone. I'd say almost. Yeah, I think he will. That will be. that is. That's not no money. That's close to um, three quarters of a million pounds a week in wages. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows? Who knows if that will actually uh, happen? I mean, but, but but yeah
0: yeah. I, I I see that. I see next summer and and the whole lot. I also. I also see, like, a season of potential opportunity ahead because I don't think this is in any way a normal season. I don't think no. it's normal. And I'm not I saying think someone that... someone weird
1: might win the league. Yeah, I'm I not really saying do. it
0: to to make excuses for us or anything like it. I'm saying it because I think there's potentially an opportunity if you can produce consistency and you can win games... I think some of the, the the sort of regular contenders for the top four might not be in the mix or not as strongly in the mix, and I think some of the teams which might find themselves up there won't have the staying power, you know, a la Leicester perhaps last season mm-hmm. who fell off. So, you know, I see the 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 need yeah, for yeah, long yeah. term, but also I kind of I'm a bit anxious because, you know, if things get Let's say things get back to normal-ish next year. If there is a vaccine, if fans are allowed back in the stadium, if life, uh, and, and everything else goes back to what used to be or as close to be normal as it, uh, was, it would be great. And, you know, I think things, things maybe change from there, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or become more normal slash regularized. So I think there is an opportunity this season, which, which is why I think there is, such a measure of frustration out there because I, most people can see that. You can see that this is not this is not normal. Um, and everyone's dealing with the not normal and those who can deal with the not normal best um, will be able to take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe it's particularly infuriating because at the moment Tottenham appears to be one of the teams <coughs> who are sort of taking advantage of mm. the weird normal, uh, which is, you know, painful to see I agree with you I completely agree there's an opportunity this season and at the moment we don't look um, best set up to take it mm. so yeah I, I, listen I, I'm optimistic I hope that uh, Arteta has reflected on things and that we do see something different you know even if he there are things he, there, are th- there are small changes he could make that would make a big difference I think um, I, I think it's unlikely it's like a you know a whole like revolution of a team that plays on Sunday but small changes like we said could make a a big difference
0: there's like two or three small changes I would like to see
1: go on then so I mean we'd sort of we've probably been over this before but what are the small changes you'd like to see play better shoot more (laughs) score more goals for me it's
0: shoot more yeah (laughs) just those three that's all I want it's not much it's only three things in a world yeah. full of infinite objects and possibilities, it's only three things: play better, shoot more, shoot score more, more goals. Yeah. I mean, pff, there's your fucking whiteboard. There's your master plan.
1: You know, exactly. That's what exactly. you need on
0: the. That's what you need on the, the the Amazon fucking Prime behind the scenes documentary. Stick that up on the you know at yeah. the entrance to the tunnel. Team talk. Play exactly. better. Exactly. Shoot more. Score more goals. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Do, have you thought of applying for some sort of coaching role? You know, I know Arteta's brought in these young guys who are sort of, you know, they're the technical cutting edge of coaching. But yeah. But the stuff you're giving me here, I don't know. I think you've got something to contribute. Thanks.
0: Lads, gather round. gather round. Lads, 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 lads. <laughs> Listen, this weekend, okay. play better, shoot more, mm. score more goals.
1: And you can but- just see all their eyes widening. <gasps> they're like, that's it. Wow. And Mikel Arteta repeats it in five languages. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, whatever our reaction is to the starting lineup when it comes out at whatever it is, three o'clock on Sunday, or, if, if it's the same starting lineup, but they do those things, that's fine. Is it? I don't dull? think that's likely. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, maybe they just... Like, if they do time. those things, great. Yeah. Why aren't they doing those things, Andrew? Have they not thought about, what if we just played better and scored more goals? I think it, it,
0: they probably overcomplicated it with tactics and systems and structures and mm, formations. Right, and yeah, all this newfangled stuff. All this yeah. fucking, oh, no, I, oh, I've got the ball in zone 12. Who's in zone 14? <laughs> How am I going to do it? Oh, no.
1: Yeah simplify things they were they were too many channels it's like having a sky subscription there but there, there are too many channels do you just need to reduce it we need a more terrestrial formation exactly
0: get fucking back to the days of bbc one and
1: two itv and your fancy fucking station was channel four exactly pre-channel five I don't want more than four channels in this team. We can't handle it. We're spreading ourselves too thin.
0: Way too thin. And the the, the, uh, the consequences of that are obvious in the way that we're playing. Now, having sorted all that out, how about Tap we take switched. a break?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll take a break. We'll come back with uh, your questions and all that kind of stuff and a little bit of info on something that uh, we've been trying to do on the side, and something which could um, make not make your christmas but uh, contribute to your christmas wherever you are in the world it'll be it will make or
1: break your christmas yes
0: okay you've set it up pretty guaranteed high here. <laughs> set the bar too high here way too high anyway we'll be right back after this you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/slash host. Welcome back to. Oh, press record. Oh, I did. Okay. Welcome back to the Arscast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is part two of the show where we answer questions that you send to us on Twitter at GunnerBlog and at ArsBlog on the ArsBlog Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the ArsBlog and on the ArsBlog Discord chat server, which you get access to if you are an ArsBlog member on Patreon. A couple of quick things to get into before we go into the questions. One is the thing that we tried to do last week uh, on Twitter to try and put Arsenal supporting Arsenal related business businesses in touch with Arsenal-related customers. Um, I announced it on the podcast last week and on the website and completely forgot to put a link to the thread in the show notes. So I will do that again today. And we are going to try and get a, a little bit of uh, a website, some kind of um, marketplace website. I don't know how exactly it's going to work. But if you go on Twitter and search the hashtag ArseBiz and you're looking to do some Christmas shopping, you want to support a local business or a fellow Arsenal fan, check out the hashtag ArseBiz or the replies to the tweet that I sent out. The other thing is um, we have a Christmas card uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's designed by our good friend, poorly drawn Arsenal, who has rather excellently drawn both of us on a Christmas card, which says, Goodly Christmas. There is a link to that as well in the show notes, and I'll put it on the website too today. Um, we're selling the cards via redbubble.com and, Every penny that these cards generate will go to the Arsenal Foundation. So between now and Christmas, whatever amount of cards that we sell, we will give every single penny of that money to the Arsenal Foundation. So do check it out.
1: Yeah, it's a great design. It really is. Uh, I mean... Very good. And, you know, sufficiently generous with my hairline to make me happy. So yeah, me thank too. You me
0: too. Yeah, I really appreciated that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay. okay. Questions? Yeah, why not? Do you want to go first? Will I go first?
1: Uh, you go first,
0: okay. if, you, if you fancy. Dan Ray, who's at Rayman underscore limited on Twitter, says... Hi, gents. As we're seeing with uh, Liverpool, the fixture schedule is causing all kinds of injury issues. Given our reliance on certain key players, Aubameyang, Partey, Leno, how concerned are you for us and the likelihood of key players going down in the
1: coming weeks? I mean, players are absolutely dropping like flies, aren't they? Have Liverpool got any players left? It honestly feels like just one after the other for Mm. them um it's mad isn't it the way things like that can happen you can go through a
0: like an extended period with no injuries and then all of a sudden they just rack up so
1: yeah 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 and i think muscular injuries are really high this season and that's absolutely inevitable i mean the the schedule that they're facing is crazy they didn't really have a break they didn't have a proper pre-season the subs thing the subs thing which I think looks increasingly like the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. And I don't just think that from an Arsenal perspective. Look at these injury numbers. It almost, to a certain extent, you know, makes me empathise with Arteta's seeming intention, which is to separate as much as possible his Europa League and his Premier League squads. Because, you know, I, I think this is a really, really, really difficult fixture list. Mm. Um, I do worry. But that said... The way we're playing at the moment, Um, you know, if Aubameyang got injured, (laughs) I don't think we'd notice any difference, to be honest. Um, If, you know, know, because we're not really emphasising or maximising what we can get from our star players, Hmm. there's almost less weight on them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish they were playing in such a way that we'd really, really miss them, but it's not quite the case right now.
0: Yeah, you still don't want the injuries, though. No, thank you.
1: No. No, thank you. Um, And also, the other side of that coin, imagine Arsenal's chances of scoring without Aubameyang in the starting eleven.
0: Yeah, we can't score with him.
1: Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I mean, Thomas Partey's been injured, hasn't he? He was injured against Villa. um,
0: I did see an encouraging update from the AFC bell.
1: Oh, really? What did the bell say? The bell chimed in. The bell chimed in
0: to um, say that he should be fit for the next game. So there you go.
1: That would be great. Well, the bell's always right on All Matters Thomas Partey. Um, are you worried about injuries? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, mean,
0: I think it's, you know, I, I think in, in general, you know, not just from an Arsenal perspective, if you, you know, the the fact that they're playing three international games in this break is just fucking Outrageous! It really is. It's bad enough playing the internationals during a pandemic, but squeezing in an extra fixture. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, there's literally no consideration for, for the players or indeed for fans, you know, because what will happen with some clubs will affect some more than others is that, you know, a guy could go away and play, two games, three games in two weeks and then come back and be lackluster for his team and people will go crazy about that. But, you know, the the schedule that they're being put under right now is is absurd. So I think it's inevitable that we're going to see more injuries. I hope we don't get uh, too many at Arsenal, but I think across the board um, there's going to be problems simply because of the the circumstances in which football is taking place right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, this question from Charlie O'Regan on Twitter. Are you concerned about the amount of football Bukai Saka's been playing? 90 mm. minutes for England last week, most of the game yesterday too. With important games coming up, we can't afford an injury to our best creative outlet.
0: Yeah, do England have another game this week? They probably do, don't they?
1: <laughs> I think they were supposed to, whether or not it happens. I mean, it's absolutely mad. Three fixtures if they do. Well, I think that's...
0: See, um, boom, boom, boom. Tuesday. I'm looking at Tuesday. I don't see anything on Tuesday. Wednesday. were they
1: talking about playing it in like England versus Iceland? Yeah, weren't the they ones- talking about playing it in a foreign country or something mad? Um, I, I might be making that up, but I'm sure there was talk of that. England, England- Iceland Nations League game has got government go ahead. Uh, Albania and Germany were suggested as alternative venues. So that's but it will nominally take that an important game,
0: in inverted commas. Yeah, competitive it's game. Im- it's a competitive fixture. So Saka played. I mean, this is mad as well. I'll show you how much I switched off. There was a match between England and Ireland
1: the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what was happening. Saka played. Did yeah, yeah, he yeah I mad saw mad that the match. afterwards. I saw and it afterwards. And the match won a penalty. But yeah, uh, it's mad. I mean, and and the fact that Saka came on for Chilwell, who started left wing back uh, Mm. against Belgium, who was injured, suggests Saka's probably going to play that game. Um, And
0: then he's got to play against potentially play against Leeds on on Sunday.
1: I mean, look, I know people say he's a young player. You know, he's got lots of energy. I am worried about that. I really Mm. am. Like, I, I think he's played a lot of football. And also, I think you can see it in him. I think, like, you know... It, 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 there seems to be like a regular occurrence where he'll go down in a game and I think, oh, he's injured, he's going to come off. Do you know what I mean? He's sort yeah. of got that that slight vulnerability of sort of, I think he's, he looks a bit like he might be playing in a bit of pain. I, I don't know. I, I want to make sure that we protect him because he is such an exciting player. I don't want him to be, you know, Jack Wilshard or anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh, a worry, all right, because, you know, the creative issues that we have in the team, it's hard to think of other solutions.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Uh, You know, I want him to be out there, but it is a a little bit concerning. And three fixtures for England is just absolutely mad. Um, Yeah, it's it's
0: fucking stupid. There's no two ways about it. It is stupid.
1: Mm, mm. Anyhow.
0: Anyhow. You got a question? No, I just asked you one. It's your turn.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Iba Rahman. Yes, Ibadur Rahman on Twitter says, thoughts on whether Arsenal will sign Sabio's permanently? Doesn't seem to be in Arteta's first 11 this season. Um, who would you like to see us sign or bring in internally if we don't sign him again? I think, you know, we can broaden that to be like, what have you made of Sabayos so far? And is he looking like a player who you'd want Arsenal to sign permanently?
0: Um... Look, it's difficult, isn't it, at the moment when you think about the team and you think about actually spending money on any of those players, you just go, no, absolutely (laughs) not. You know, I I thought Ceballos was very good after the lockdown. I was glad we brought him back in. Um, I'm not sure he's been quite as good, but then I think that applies to, to everybody, really, this season. I... Do I think we should sign him or will sign him? Um, he'll have two years left on his deal with Real Madrid in the summer. Mm-hmm. Zidane is still going to hate him. And yeah. he's still going to hate Zidane.
1: He'll be 24. so Nearly 25.
0: Here's the thing. If he plays really well, we might want to sign him. Hmm. But it also would raise interest in him from elsewhere, I guess. there would be other clubs mm-hmm. looking to sign him too, which might make it more difficult for us to do the deal. But I don't know. Um,
1: Are you suggesting he's? we've got an agreement with him to play badly just, just for do, this one season? Just do five,
0: six out of ten every week, and then we'll sign you and you can play. We'll sign him on
1: a snip, and you can start playing all the time. Play
0: well then, yeah. Um, I actually
1: think that him not playing well is one of the main reasons that we are not as effective as we were in Project Restart. I, I think he was brilliant in that period and, I, and you know, he really helped connect the midfield to the attack in a way that we sort of feels mm. like we're not doing at all now. Yeah. Um, so I think his sort of slight dip in involvement and performance level is slightly one of the uh, sort of untold stories of this period. Um, yeah. I know everyone's playing badly, but... He, you know, he he solved a problem for us a bit last season.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, being actually serious now about what I would like to see us do in terms of the team and the shape of the team, a three-man midfield is one of those things. Mm -hmm. And I feel at the moment there's a bit sort of, you know it's more difficult for the central midfielders to get into the team. He obviously picked Elneny at Old Trafford because he wanted a specific job from him and he did it well. You wonder if maybe Ceballos versus Aston Villa would have been the more appropriate choice, but he was rewarding, I guess, the the good performance from Elneny, which makes you wonder why other players didn't get in the team or why certain Mm -hmm, players... mm -hmm. If you're rewarding a player for playing well, why don't you unreward them for playing poorly? Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. think you well, know
1: yeah, who well, yeah. I'm talking about here. Bernard Leno, right? <laughs> it's, that, it's that bastard Bernard Leno letting us down at every avenue. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's interesting the midfield three, you mentioned that. Do you think that Arteta will at any point return to the midfield three he picked in the Leicester game, which was did not work at all in that one match? But was his sort of three most senior midfielders, wasn't it? It was Shaka Savias and Partey. Do you think he'll go back to that at any stage? Shaka Savias and Partey. Um,
0: I mean, it's possible. Possible.
1: It's um, not the perfect balance, I don't think. But I, I just wonder, like, it was it was what he picked, and it felt like okay. That, what, you know, they yeah. they're the guys he likes but it really didn't work. I just wonder if it like, was it such a failed experiment that he'll never return to it? Or will he give it another whirl with a slightly different orientation? I don't know. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. Could it be Shaka Partey with Sabayas slightly ahead? Or, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, look, it's just one of the many problems he's got to solve.
1: Yes, it is. But I think Sabayas, when you look at Armid Field and you look at that lack of connectivity, theoretically... Mm. he provides some solution there mm. I think I feel like if our season is going to improve I do feel like he'll probably be part of that
0: mm. yeah I think he he's still got a role to play for sure um, on the Discord Atti asks would you say it's just as difficult being an Arsenal forward under Arteta in this current system as it was being a defender Under Wenger systems in his later years at Arsenal, would combining the two manager systems create the secret sauce for this team? For example, having a pinch of Wenger and a splash of Arteta. Who else did it? Was it Scarlacci? Sebastian Scarlacci?
1: Yeah, yeah. did this very,
0: very interesting interview. You know, basically... um, Explaining. Explaining how terrifying it was being a defender under uh, Arsene Wenger in terms of how exposed you were left by by what he gave the attacking players the freedom to do
1: Mm, and you know the only defenders really who thrived in that system that he adopted later where like mm. outstanding one-to-one defenders, people like Sol Campbell, you know, or Kele Torre, others, Koshelny. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think it, it it clearly was a problem because so many central defenders arrived with good pedigree and massively underperformed that yeah. or, or, or were exposed. Um or, you know, had very promising careers that were kind of snuffed out by the trauma of playing in that system. Is it as difficult playing in a as a forward under Arteta? I think uh, maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but it's pretty tough. I mean, at the moment, you are feeding off scraps. Yeah. You really, really are. And not only that, you're sort of not receiving the ball in areas where it's easy for you to make stuff happen for yourself. Something that, something that, um, so I I did a piece for The Athletic with Tom Wervel, who's our Mm. analytics guy. And something that we talked about and spoke about, we were talking about Willian. And I was sort of saying, you know, why is Willian not clicking? Why is it not happening? And he made a couple of points to me. The first was he received the ball in the final third on average for Chelsea a lot more than he does at Arsenal, like, you know, 15 times more per game. So we mm. just aren't getting the ball into the final third full stop. But the other point that he made to me is that Willian is a player who thrives in transition, who, you know, is good when you're in transition. And I, and, and we, we thought about it more broadly. And actually that's true of like loads of Arsenal attackers. I mean, Aubameyang, Pepe, Willian, you'd say all those guys are sort of people who you'd our ideal kind of, you know, seizing on a mistake, breaking into space, but our build-up play is so slow that what we're asking those players to do is break down a massed defence. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean, it's like we've got the wrong tools for the job we're asking them to do. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that was a bit of a sort of breakthrough in my understanding of it. Really, I think Tim Stillman also touched on it in his column for ask blog, but. The way Tom described it was, you know, we're, it's like we're trying to pick a lot with a load of getaway drivers. And I do <laughs> sort of feel like that. We're, we're so slow in build-up that by the time Willian or Pepe or Aubameyang get the ball, probably eight defenders in front of them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we have to be, Tim, again, this was Tim's sort of thrust, wasn't it? That we have to be kind of sympathetic a little bit to some of these attacking players because it's not an easy situation for them right now.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I do have some sympathy for them because of the way that we're playing. Um, and because when you miss a chance, the way Lacazette missed a chance, it, it feels worse because you know how important it is to take them when you don't create. It's yeah. not like you're going to make five or six more chances in the game like that to get the goal that you need or the goals that you need. So, um, yeah, but it's it's sort of limited my sympathy, I would say.
1: Sure, and more sympathetic to some than others, I would imagine. Sure,
0: sure, yeah. but let's not let's not <laughs> dwell too much on on that. Uh, yeah, it's your is it your question, my question? It's your question. Uh, I just asked you that one.
1: It's my question. It's my question. So um, we've had quite a, quite a good range of questions today. When there's not a game, do you know what I mean? We get a lot more variety. <laughs> why are we? Why are we shit? Yeah. Why, are we why is why? Willie Why, God, why? Yeah, exactly. Um, Lacazette, why? Um, so I thought this was quite interesting from Simon Harrington. It's actually a question to myself. So apologies. Uh, I was going to
0: ask you this one. Do you want me to ask it? Yeah, you I was ask gonna... me then. Okay, he says, this is for James, I guess. But are you or should you be concerned that the onset of coronavirus has largely allowed clubs to hide players from the media, thus largely taking control of and owning their own content? Uh, Will it continue in the future? And can we agree that it is bad? Hmm.
1: Well, I think it's a really interesting question. And I think it's sort of not really for me. I think it's for everybody. But of course... The practicalities of COVID have meant, you know, an end to the mixed zone environment, the opportunity for... Reporters to speak to players after a game, uh, and you know, get their thoughts, get quotes from them. The clubs have done what they can to kind of, you know, provide access in alternative ways. We've seen Zoom interviews and Zoom mm. press conferences, blah blah blah. But I do wonder if I was a Premier League club, I think I would be thinking, well, I sort of prefer it like this. You know, I don't want to worry about what David Luiz is going to say in the mix zone. I'd rather, you know, I have control of it. Um, and I personally, I hope it reverts to how it was. I think mm. that it provides more sort of diversity and different voices and allows an opportunity to you know get stuff fans wouldn't otherwise get. Um, but I'm not confident. I mm. feel like one of the sort of byproducts of coronavirus is, is kind of an opportunity for clubs to take more ownership of. Content and that includes games to an extent. And, yeah. I, and I do, I think the media landscape will shift a little bit as a consequence. What, what do you think?
0: It's, uh, yeah, I, I see exactly where the question is coming from. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, press conferences can often spark up some interesting stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I just, the sanitized nature of them at the moment because everything is done on on Zoom. I mean, yeah. on the one hand, it's been quite good because, you know, I can see them now. I can see them happening live and see the questions and stuff like that because I get in invites to to the Zoom press conferences, um, whereas, you know, it didn't get an invite to the the press conferences previously. They were, I think, broadcasting them live as well, or they were beginning to broadcast them live again under Mikel Arteta, whereas they didn't with Unai Emery, um, because I think, you know, because of his language issues and communication issues. But I wonder if it's inhibiting in a way when you're just at the end of a... I mean, it's easier to control, is it, if you're the media people? If someone asks a question you don't like... And cut course. it out, or you can just not just invite go, oh, them. Oh,
1: uh, you're you're! You're breaking up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, there's
0: the guy from the BBC. Have you noticed this? The guy from the BBC. Uh, here's, <laughs> yeah. here's the here's the the press conference. Bingo. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, you're on mute. There. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. 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 Oh, hello, Mikel Can you hear me? The guy from the BBC.
1: He lives in a cave or something. He, I mean, yeah. honestly, the Wi-Fi connection is. Oh.
0: He comes in and they'll go. And That's the BBC
1: for you, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
0: mean. I can't remember the guy's name. Could be George. I can't remember. Could be George from the BBC. And he goes, Hello, my girl. <laughs> and, like, and, and Mikel Arteta goes, Hello. And he goes, <laughs> He's like, Sorry, i coming out of the weekend. I was going, I was scoring, I'm going to score more goals. And he well, I would, yeah. he, he's. Mikel Arteta sort of gets the last bit of it. And And he goes, yes, goals goals would be good. we need
1: to score more goals, yeah. What I'd love is if there's, like, a post-COVID world where we're all invited back to press conferences and that guy turns up and he just speaks exactly... Hello? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Miguel? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and that's just how he speaks, and we've yeah. got it wrong the whole time.
0: I think I think uh, there is something there, though, you know, in terms of access to players and, yeah, and controlling course. the message, and particularly when things are not going as well as you would like them to go, you know, being able to, to sort of...
1: Um, to prevent Theo Walcott coming out and talking about team meetings and the like. Correct, you know. correct. Um, I mean, players are still doing telly. I think, you know, they're mm. doing a couple of TV interviews after games, but there's nothing really... And I don't think I'm inflating the role of journalists when I say this. I I just don't think you can replace human interaction. You know, the ability to actually look somebody in the eye or react to what they're saying, have a more organic conversation. I I just think, you know, Zoom, unfortunately, has its limitations. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I hope it returns to something like normal, but I'm suspicious that it won't. I think clubs inevitably will want to control as much as they can control. Sure. that's Unfortunately, that's kind of what we're facing. Um, Is it my question then?
0: Yeah, why not? Because I just asked that last one,
1: even though you were going to ask it, but I asked it, so. Okay. Well, Zach Martinez on Twitter says, maybe this is more sentimental. I'm going to say it's very sentimental, Zach. Okay. But what are your thoughts on maybe bringing Wilshire in on a free... Perhaps as a players pay as you play kind of contract could be something on the table. Not that he'd solve our problems, but another player in the mix could help. What are you gonna say here? I mean Look, I
0: I I feel really sorry for Jack Wilshire. Um that he is where he is at this stage in his career. He's only twenty eight, isn't he? Yeah,
1: it's really sad actually. Yeah, I I think like, it's
0: I think it's very sad. I, d- I think there's probably a reason why um, he doesn't have a club. Um, the, well, old, I, I, the old yeah. pay-as-you-play thing is nobody does that. Nobody does it.
1: I, I can't see even him agreeing to that. I think his contract with West Ham was quite heavily incentivised. Mm. But, you know, I, I think there's probably a problem of what he's getting offered versus what he'd be prepared to do. Yeah, uh, There was a great interview with Sesk a couple of days ago where... He was talking about players that he played with. And he said, you know, Jack, someone who could have had a career at the highest level in Spain, Um, sort of your Barcelona Real Madrid kind of level. Mm. I mean, that that is the type of talent we were talking about. Um, It's really sad. And actually, like, I think Jack Wilshere, he talks about football really well. And um, whenever I see him in an interview... I feel sort of really gutted for him, Mm. you know, that he is where he is. He's only 28, like you say.
0: Yeah. No, I don't think it's – it is sentimental. It's a kind of lovely idea, but it's not one that's based in any kind of reality, unfortunately. I do hope it picks up for Jack and I hope he can find a club. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think we've said on the podcast down the years is that, you know, if he could have a period – where he's injury-free or relatively injury-free and he could just enjoy playing football for a few seasons, that would be brilliant for him. It would mm. be brilliant. But, you know, it's it's not going to be at Arsenal, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Here's a question. <sighs> Similar-ish kind of midfielder, very talented... Injuries, maybe a bit of a problem. We don't quite know yet, but...
1: I'm intrigued. He sounds like he's got Arsenal written all over him.
0: Aditya D, who's at Addy underscore 1199 on Twitter, says, What are your thoughts on the lack of game time for Emile Smith-Rowe in the Europa League? us still insisting to play Willian in the Europa over Reese Nelson is also quite odd. Now... There have been injury problems. Reese Nelson problems. was injured. Yeah. That's why William played. Emil Smith-Rowe has had a shoulder injury and is only really coming back. I think he played some under-23s, did the 90 minutes in the under-23s with Saliba yeah. the yeah. other night. So, you know, given that the Europa League is going to come back when we return after this interlouge, we've got three more games. Are you anxious or excited to see Emil Smith-Rowe?
1: I'd love to see him on smith Row. I'd really love to. And, and I, I really rate his talent. I really, really do. I worry about his capacity to perform with the regularity that, you know, at, at this kind of elite physical level that the Premier League demands. And mm. the only reason I say that is, you know, well, evidence. I mean, he's, he struggles to remain available for selection at the moment. And that is difficult and frustrating. Mm. I'm sure no one's more frustrated than him, but I do remember that impact that he had in the first team and in the Europa League under Unai Emery. And he's got the incredible knack of being a young player who's able to make decisive contributions in the final third, a bit like Bukayo Saka. You know, Mm. he he makes goals, he scores goals. He fits the bill of what Arsenal require on so many levels. So I really, really hope we see him. Um, I don't think he's been out with anything too serious. I think it's just been sort of niggles here and there. But A shoulder the, problem, didn't he? So Yeah, yeah. So, but, but, you know, it's frustrating because the Europa League group stages are really his best chance. So there's three more games. I'd love to see him out there. Certainly rather see him than Willian, especially as well, now that qualification's basically in the bag.
0: Yeah, exactly. Use these games to give some of the young players... A bit more of a chance for me. Mm. And
1: he's definitely somebody who
0: I think um, I wrote about it at the weekend um, about how we we lack goals from midfield. It's a big problem. Um, Huge, Joe, yeah. Joe Willick, in whatever he's got, a season and a half or two seasons, um, as an Arsenal first-team player, uh, has 10 goals, which is only two fewer than Granit Xhaka. Who has played a hundred odd games more than Joe Willock? And if Granite Shaka is the leading scorer that you have from central midfield, and this isn't to be disrespectful to him at all, then you've got a problem with that area mm. of the pitch. And I know we're hyper focused on our front three and making the attack work, but you know, if I'm if I'm looking at um, recruitment for this Arsenal team, I want to bring in a central midfield player who can contribute goals and assists, goals in Mm. particular. But then I suppose you have to shoot to score goals. So it comes back to what we were saying at the end of part one.
1: Yeah, you liked the look of the Hungarian fella, didn't you? You Scored.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying his name. I can't say
1: it. No, Dominic. Dominic. We'll just call him Dominic. (laughs) Dom. The dumpster. I'm going to try and say his name. Because why not? Zob... Zobos, Zobos, So so I don't know. Sorry. Dom. Dumb. Dom. Dom, Dom, Uh Have you got another question? Because I sort of have some, but they're, you know, I'm, I'm not as happy about them. You're not that happy about them? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> what, what? What's your issue with them? You're just.
1: No, they're good. They're good. They're just not great. Okay.
0: Look, it's an interlalde one, so we're coming to the end of this particular episode anyway. So we can go with a couple of not great questions, I think.
1: I can't read them out now because that's too... That, the people will know. Are you, they, you're judging of... their questions. You think yeah. they're
0: subpar. Yeah, that's not a good exactly. way to do it. Um, Zach Tays on the Discord says, Good morning, lads. Quick little debate for you. Is it acceptable for an Arsenal fan to captain a Spurs player on fantasy football?
1: I've done it. So I would say it's not acceptable. What? I would say it's not acceptable. But but you've got to remember, I do it sort of like as a way of kind of oh, you're betting tell against them, you're myself.
0: Gonna, you're going to jinx them. Is that what you're trying to do?
1: It's more that like it's it's sort of a consolation. Because if they play badly, then I'm sort of like, okay, great. I'm happy. But if they play well, at least I have the solace of my fantasy football team. Right. Do you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, Sure.
1: Sure. I remember when Arsenal tried to sign Mikel Arteta, um, I placed a bet that he wouldn't join Arsenal. Right. So so that, on, on this was like on deadline day, so that uh, if we didn't sign him, I would have the sort of solace of financial reward. By the way, again, uh, in line with my CBBC, CBBC contract, this is not a good way to live your life. Okay. Don't go around placing bets on stuff you don't want to happen so that you feel less sad about it. Right. But that's what I did at the time, and I see my fancy football team in much the same way. Okay. I have two Spurs players. I have Kane and I have Son.
0: But you're trying to get points, I guess.
1: Yeah. How's your team going, by the way?
0: Fucking brilliantly. Although I'm yeah. very, very unhappy. I scored something like 13 points last week. Which How? Put, I don't know. I, I, I put Rob Holding in the team... Right. Um when when I he when he was injured play. and right. he's come back in and he's scoring me points so I'm very very unhappy with Rob holding I am uh, in our fantasy football league from the discord yes. out of 1292 members I am 1292nd which is great. congratulations on minus 29 points <laughs>
1: <laughs> How are you getting so many minus points
0: Just making transfers and stuff when I remember, but then I keep forgetting. So, You are, by the way, you are in position 161.
1: Okay. So you've got a
0: bit of work to do.
1: A chance of top four. Uh, Let's have this question. This is not about Arsenal, so it might be fun. Um, Someone's banging something in this building. I don't know what it is.
0: Can you hear it? Yeah, it's pipes. I guess it's someone banging the pipes.
1: Yeah, thanks for banging the pipes, guys. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're a prisoner in one of the other uh, flats, <laughs> and you've been able to get one hand Shh, free, and now you're turning... To- there's
1: no- Shh, Sorry, fuck. <laughs> I've got someone trapped here. I've got Emma Smith-Rowe tied to a radiator. <laughs> um, no, he doesn't. Nah. CBBC doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. I don't. You're CBBC, not allowed. CBBC. Where's this question gone? Hey, oh, yes. Benjamin Allain on Twitter says, It's a quiet week. He's right. So I'm interested to know who your favourite non-Arsenal player was and why. Mine is Zidane. He was such a fun player to watch. The way he loved a roulette. My favourite moment was the way he left Beckham chasing shadows with a swivel over the hips. Is there a non-Arsenal player you've loved? Loved. Um, Jack Grealish is getting there for me. Jack Grealish. No, I I mean, for me, it has to be messy. Former,
0: Former Irishman. Jack yeah, former
1: Irishman. I know. Ever since he left Ireland behind, he's really <laughs> blossomed. Ireland was just holding him back, I think. Oh,
0: no. Don't say that. Anyway, uh, let me think. Um, Messi, obviously, is yeah. amazing. That's but kind of an obvious kind of
1: watched,
0: one. Two for me. Go on. Paolo Maldini. Yeah. Who I just loved as a, a player. Just absolutely, as a defender, just loved him. Um and he was, you know, handsome and he was uh he had a career at one club and was super loyal and everything mm-hmm. else. I just loved Paolo Maldini. So mm-hmm. that that would be one of them. The other is uh, Ronaldinho.
1: That's who I was gonna say.
0: Yeah. I remember when I lived
1: Were in- you in Barcelona at the time?
0: Yeah. And I remember when I was playing football there um for a team there was the Barcelona International Football League uh, of which uh, our team was a part. And one of the guys on the team was telling me stories about Ronaldinho, about his lifestyle, about the parties and yeah. the stuff that he would be doing um, on a weekly basis. I mean, he, he would go down... How would he have
1: fared with Mikel Arteta's non-negotiables, do you think? Pretty badly, I would have said.
0: <laughs> pretty badly. <laughs> So, you know, he'd go down to the casinos and there was a hotel, a luxury hotel down by one of the casinos. And he'd just sort of party there and then play a game and be brilliant and have amazing uh, fun while he was playing. So, yeah, in those years where he was absolutely at his peak at Barcelona, he was just impossible not to love as a player. Mm. Just Mm. what a player.
1: Yeah, what a sensational. Player. And Good like time. the way he played <clears throat> and that that way he, he lived as well <clears throat> alongside it. I mean, there's a romance in that, I think. Yeah. And uh, he was absolutely sensational at his peak at Barcelona. I mean, you know, of course, someone like Messi is more sustained brilliance, but there was something... Uh, beautifully mm. entertaining about what Ronaldo
0: did. Yeah, and look, the, the, for me, it's the fact that he was able to, you know, it had to be a player from elsewhere. You could have yeah. at the most, at the very most, grudging respect for a, a Premier League player, for someone playing, you know, for one of the teams that you're a rival with or mm. whatever. Mm. That's it. Can't do any more than that. You know, and even when they come to Arsenal, I find it really difficult to warm to players who've been at other clubs, and that might be yeah. my issue, or you know, maybe that's just me. But you know, I find well, it—I it, find it you, tough.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, because you've sort of built up a hatred and a, <laughs> a hatred, a, a severe <laughs> hatred of them and everything they represent. Absolutely. So I mean, it is tough. It is. You know, poor old Mikael Nesta never stood a chance. It didn't help that he was rubbish.
0: No, that really didn't help at all. But there you go. That's what we had to contend with.
1: Is that just our perception, like, that players we sign from our rivals play badly? Or is it... I guess it's a function of the fact that they're cast-offs, really, isn't it?
0: mm, There is that side of it, yeah. I mean, I wonder, is there just less tolerance for their performances? Probably,
1: to an extent, yeah.
0: Like, Uh, if um, Ann had arrived from... Spartak, Moscow, or something. Yes. I still wouldn't be that impressed. I wouldn't no, be that you, impressed.
1: I don't think you'd be as annoyed, probably.
0: But, you, but there isn't this sort of blue stain of dismal exactly hanging over him. When I picture him in my head, I still picture him in blue, and exactly that's you know it's hard and, to get over.
1: Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's you know he's not the first Galas. I think <sighs> another that would apply to. Uh, um, and Sylvester from United, mm. Louise from Chelsea. I think it's had its issues. Mm. So yeah, there's a few like that. Just stop uh,
0: signing cons like that. How about that?
1: I know. Well, it's interesting. I, I, Arteta was a Premier League signing, but a different kind of Premier League signing in that he was sort of stepping up to Arsenal rather yeah. than stepping. Down, which is kind of, I don't like using that word, but you know, it's sort no, of. No, I know
0: like, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was still, what was he, 28, 29 he was when he arrived? 30, yeah, yeah. But he was a player I liked for, sort of liked in, in as much as you can like. I had grudging respect for Mikel Arteta when he was at Everton um, because I felt like he was the kind of player we could have used. Um exactly. The kind of signing we should have made a few years before we actually made it. So when he did sign, I was quite happy. So,
1: yeah, I mean, look, I would love us to buy more Premier League players um, because I think there is loads of talent around in the Premier League, but it is expensive. Expensive is. place to shop,
0: sure is. You can't just go out and snap up a James Ward Prowse for
1: buttons. I, listen to this. Go I was on. in Chelsea the other day in um, in the 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 area of London, in the area of London, right. right. And I saw a nice sort of little deli shop and I was like, I oh, know, I'll just have a look round. And I made the mistake of buying three items in this deli. And I bought a tub of olives. Right. A, a small chocolate bar. Like, you know, if you get like a posh chocolate bar, like a green and blacks one. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, yeah. That sort of size of chocolate bar. Mm hmm. And, uh a a salami but like a small salami I'd say like you know like an average sort of phallus shaped size of salami (laughs) it's the only way I can describe it
0: ah okay yeah anyway that's lovely lovely imagery in this podcast
1: and so I bought those three items Mm mm-hmm Nearly £20.
0: Oh, my God. Was it that thing where you went to the counter and you were too embarrassed to just say, fuck this?
1: It was my fault. I'd gone into a shop in Chelsea. For those who don't know, it's a very well-to-do part of London. I mean, I was getting looks even being there. But I I, I sort of was in shock. I couldn't believe it. I sort of thought, I'll check the receipt after I've paid. And they've obviously overcharged me for something. But no, that chocolate bar was £6, and those olive, olives were like 7 quid. Anyway, that's what it's like trying to buy players from the Premier League.
0: And we happened to buy the fucking dick-shaped salamis from Chelsea.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. We went to Chelsea, and we were like, some of those dick-shaped salamis, please. Yeah. Some of your finest <laughs> penis-inspired salamis. Look at this. Uh,
0: we've got uh, on offer today, Mickey Salami. Would you like to buy him? Yes. Yeah. Oh my so god! I would like
1: a three-year supply of, of salami, want <laughs> cost-
0: <laughs> One giant fucking woolly-headed
1: fucking yeah. cock salami. <sighs> Listen, he's one of us now. He's what He's one of the boys. Come on. By the way, the only good thing about Arsenal signing Willian is that it means you can hear Mikel Arteta and all the players shouting Willy all the time (laughs) on the pitch. That is the upshot of coronavirus, (gasps) is that you hear Mikel Arteta going, Willy! Willy left! (laughs) Willy, go! Willy, 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 Willy! (laughs) Willy! That, I mean genuinely that's the main contribution William has made if watch. only
0: Mikatarian was still at the club we could have Willie and Mickey on the pitch at the same time
1: <laughs> we've
0: got one final question here go on comes from uh, let me have a look here comes from George says oh my god Hi, <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry
0: couldn't resist that one right we better leave it there uh, for
1: today um, these are the good ones in my opinion these is like lovely podcasts but I reckon less people tune in I reckon if you've made it this far into an Interlal podcast, you're part of a select and very fortunate club. Yes. It's it's rubbish when we have to talk about games. This football shit
0: gets in the way, doesn't
1: it? It gets in the way get in
0: the way all right do check the notes on the uh, on yeah. the, your podcast app for the christmas card and the link to the Arse Biz thing and um yeah that's it check those things out um what else we'll have a podcast on friday of course thanks for being here thanks for subscribing say stay safe say well stay healthy wash your hands wear a mask all that kind of stuff look after each other and we'll catch you on the next one
1: bye bye